Welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hello, and welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast. This segment has been taken from Thrive Thursdays with Dr. Patricia Mills. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here is Dr. Patricia Mills. Hair loss and hair thinning, why does it happen? And is there anything we can do to reverse it so we can boost our confidence? Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm a holistic medical doctor, specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation, practicing functional medicine, woman's health expert, and passionate advocate for your empowered health transformation. Welcome to my Thrive Thursday episode when I come live with you covering topics of interest uh, with practical solutions to your everyday health concerns. I'm really excited to be diving into this topic today. And if you're joining me live through my private and free Facebook group for women, Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD, please join if you're not a member. Feel free to put in your questions uh, so I can answer them and give you a big shout out because that is definitely a benefit of being a member of my free private Facebook group. So today we're going to cover um, a very important topic, which is hair thinning and hair loss. And I myself experienced problems with this a few years ago. And I noticed that a lot of the people, the women that I was working with, were having problems with this as well. And this caused me to want to dive right into the research and dive I did. So many different fields of research in order to answer this question. Because if you stick to just one field of research, you get one microscopic view of what is causing hair loss and hair thinning. But if you broaden your research lens to include many different fields, you start to get a very holistic approach of what's going on, which then gives you a holistic strategy. And I like to categorize things according to my four pillars for whole body health. And those are the stress response, the hormone balance, gut health, and toxins tolerance. And interestingly, everything I found on this topic of hair loss and hair thinning, I was able to slot into one or more of these categories. So I'm going to be guiding and structuring my conversation around those. And again, if you're joining me live, please feel free to put in your name and where you're calling in from, and please ask your question. So let's go into hair. So what we are not going to be talking about today is the genetic female hair loss. So there are uh, women who have a genetic condition where they experience hair loss before the age of 30. And that is almost 100% genetically determined. It is rare. It is a very relatively rare reason for hair loss and hair thinning. Most women live in the um, more of the environmental reasons for hair loss and hair thinning. So not the genetic, but the more of the non-genetic causes. 
And what's interesting about that is that that gives us solutions for us to be able to um, reduce the causes. And what we want to do is find the strategies to reduce those causes, right? So let's get into the reasons so that we can find the strategies. First, we have to understand what are the phases of hair growth and how do we support the phases that we want? So there are three phases of hair that the hair goes through. And the first phase is growth, okay? And the growth phase lasts for about two to eight years, which is kind of crazy. So your hair can be growing for up to eight years, which I find phenomenal. And then it goes through what's called a regression phase where that hair follicle, um, it has like a little kind of, you can think of it like, a little hair bud, it's like this little, this hair follicle, which is the pocket with which and from which the hair grows out of. And the little hair bud within that follicle, you know, during the growth phase, it's, you know, big and beautiful and juicy, and it's making all this beautiful hair. And then uh, in the regression phase, so the growth phase has stopped, it's no longer growing, you have the regression phase, that hair bud kind of shrinks and shrivels up. So it's no longer able to promote growth. And then it goes into a resting phase where it's not growing and it's going to then fall out. After a period of time, it then falls out. And if you look at the scalp all over your hair, about 85% of your hair in, in your like, you know, uh, younger years, let's say, like in your 20s to about your 40s or so or your 50s, you are 85% of your hair is in growth phase. About 1% is in regression phase and 14% is in resting phase. What happens when we age is that the growth phase decreases. So rather than it, you know, it won't be two to eight years, it'll be less time spent in growth phase. And then once that hair falls out, it takes longer for it to go back into growth phase. So the hair falls out, there's no hair in the follicle. And then what typically happens, eventually the follicle starts growing hair again. And with age, it, it takes longer for that to happen. So now the hair is falling out sooner and it taking longer for another hair to grow back in. So then you experience the appearance of hair loss. Not only that, as we age, by the time the hair is growing back into that follicle, that follicle itself, the home for the hair growth, has now shrunk in size. So the hair that does grow back is thinner. So now you have the hair loss with the hair thinning. Now that happens with age and it can also happen with um, conditions that affect our health negatively. So you may actually experience this before the time of aging would have naturally allowed this to happen. So there's things we can do to reverse hair loss and hair thinning when it starts to happen sooner than it should. And there's also things that we can do to support in the aging process so that we can support that growth phase as much as possible. Now, there's a really great question from a Facebook user. Um, and the, the question is, is this men too? And the answer to that is yes, this is men too. And what I'll do is I will highlight further along the talk, what is different between men and women. And I am focusing this conversation for women. However, um, it's all relevant to men up until one point, And that's when we're going to talk about the hormone balance pillar. 
and I will point that out for you. So great question. All right. So what we want to do is we need to understand what could negatively affect that growth phase. Or in other words, another way to look at it too is what supports the growth phase. So what we know that supports the growth phase are hormones. So interestingly, in that follicle, in that home for the hair bud where the hair grows from, are what's called receptors for hormones. And receptors are basically like a lock that receives a key. So the receptor is the lock and the hormone is the key. And in order for the functioning of the organ, like the hair follicle to work properly, that hormone has to go in and interact with the receptor. So the lock needs to interact, the, the key needs to interact with the lock for the door to open and for things to start happening inside. Okay. And there are a few key, key hormones when it comes to hair. One hormone is what's called the insulin-like growth factor, okay? It's a growth factor. It supports the growth of the hair, and it looks like insulin, which is our sugar hormone. Insulin is a hormone that is produced in response to seeing sugar in the blood from the foods and the drinks that we consume. Interestingly, this insulin-like growth factor gets blocked from working at the receptor in the hair follicle when there is too much insulin being made in response to what we are eating and drinking. So I'm highlighting right now a very, very important environmental factor, environmental being things not related to your genetics, but things that are happening to your body as a result of its being exposed to, in this case, what you're eating and drinking, that is affecting its ability to grow it, to grow the hair. So whatever you can do to balance your blood sugar, and I, I go a lot into this in my teachings, so eating foods and drinking drinks that support your blood sugar balance, so avoiding what I call the fast carbohydrates, which are sugars, refined flours that are found in processed breads, pastries, pastas, cookies, um, you know, pizzas, candies, protein bars. Um, protein powder, by the way, does powerfully stimulate insulin to be released as well. So if you're someone who's overdoing the protein powder, this could be a problem. Basically, you want to keep your blood sugar balance in check and you want to make sure that your insulin levels are stable so that your hair can be um, exposed to enough of that insulin-like growth factor and not have that blocked by the insulin hormone itself. So that is a really key, key finding that I came across in the research. The second hormone that is really important for this is called progesterone. Progesterone is known to be like our chill hormone, our relaxing hormone. And if you're interested in getting pregnant, it's the um, hormone that supports fertility. And it's one of the reasons why women with really, who are pregnant get really luxurious hair. They get a lot of progesterone, which supports that growth phase. Interestingly, progesterone is blocked by the stress hormone cortisol. So cortisol is a hormone produced when we are in a state of stress um, and stress. And that's the first pillar of my four pillar, uh, my four pillar method to whole body health is the stress response. 
So it could be a physical stress, such as having an infection. For example, viruses. A lot of people who experience COVID speak about how they experienced hair loss and hair thinning after that. And that could be due to the emotional stress of having an infection, such as COVID. It could be the physical stress of having an infection, right? So there are different kinds of stress, and the end result of that stress is that your body is creating a lot of stress hormone cortisol in order to cope with that stress, and that goes in and it blocks the ability of um, progesterone to work. How does it block it? It actually decreases your body's ability to make progesterone. Now, that doesn't happen right away with a single, like a, a, um, um, an isolated, a unique stress response, like you know, a one-time stress response doesn't happen. It's if that stress response continues to happen over time, that's when you start getting into problems with your body making hormones like progesterone. Other hormones are also affected, such as estrogen and testosterone. And testosterone is a hormone that for men is particularly important when it comes to hair growth. Women's hair growth is not as affected by testosterone as men. Men have the testosterone piece. However, testosterone production is negatively affected by the sugar hormone insulin effect and by the stress hormone cortisol. So this also applies to men, however, through a different pathway, which is a testosterone pathway. The third hormone to be aware of when it comes to hormone health, so we're touching on that stress response and hormone balancing, so the first and second pillars of my whole body method, is the thyroid hormone. The thyroid hormone basically regulates energy in our body as well as the energy that is necessary to make hair grow. You need energy for hair to grow. So in order to support hair growth, you need to support your thyroid health. And I do a lot of teaching uh, with women who I work with, clients, people who listen to my teachings about the sugar hormone insulin, about the stress response, about things like supporting your thyroid health. And interestingly, it's all interconnected. Did you know that if you have a high stress response with a lot of stress hormone cortisol being produced, cortisol blocks the ability of thyroid hormone to work in the tissues of your body. So you could even go to your doctor and say, I'm experiencing hair loss and hair thinning. Could you check my thyroid hormones just to see how they're doing? That could either end up showing up in something with your thyroid health or your thyroid panel, your thyroid investigations could actually show up completely normal. And the problem is actually at the level of the tissue. So not in the blood, not in the ability of your thyroid to make thyroid hormone, but the inability of your tissues, of your cells to respond to thyroid because it's being blocked by the stress hormone cortisol. Isn't that so fascinating? So when you're talking about whole body health, you can do a bunch of investigations um, to look at where, how your health is and where you're at. And in the end, you still have to address all of these four pillars for you to know that you are doing what you can do 
to fully support your whole body health. Then let's talk about gut health. That is a very important pillar because your hair requires nutrients for it to grow. Just like anything else in the body, you need enough nutrients in the body to support the proper functioning of that organ, and hair is no different. And hair, when it comes to triaging the importance of what needs to you know, have enough nutrients and what doesn't, your body is going to determine that your heart is more important than your hair, for example. So if you have a limit on the amount of nutrients coming into your body, thankfully, your body's going to say, well, we don't want you to like not have a functioning heart. Let's take those nutrients and direct them into the heart, which means that we're not going to have enough to, to direct to the hair growth. So you need to make sure you always have enough nutrients getting in. And nutrients depend on your gut health. And gut health is basically an all-encompassing umbrella for things like your digestion. Do you have enough stomach acid to break down your protein? Are you chewing well because your stomach doesn't have teeth and you need to have that mechanical action through the chewing to break down your food? What is the health of your gut in terms of its lining? Is the lining damaged so that the gut lining is the gut lining damaged? so that it can absorb nutrients. Is the microbiome, the gut microbiome, which is the community of organisms living in your gut, is it in a healthy state because it is responsible for helping you break down your nutrients and maintaining the health of your gut lining. So all of these factors are important. And in the umbrella of gut health, I also consider what it takes to maintain a healthy gut, which is an appropriate diet, your gut health is harmed by processed foods. Most processed and packaged foods have chemicals and additives that harm the gut, the health of your gut. So that's one negative thing about processed and packaged foods. And also, there is no way that scientists, food scientists, they have nobody has come close to um, mimicking the intelligence of nature and all of the nutrients that exist in, in foods like vegetables and fruits and nuts and beans and seeds and meat, fish, eggs, dairy, all of these foods contain a whole host of nutrients, some of which we understand better than others and many of which we are completely unaware of. And the only way you can guarantee to get those nutrients into your body is by eating a whole foods diet, similar to the Mediterranean diet, for example. So this is very, very important to understand. And the fourth pillar is the toxins tolerance. And what is really interesting about the toxins tolerance is that you can look at it from many different angles. So there, we talked a little bit about it in the gut health because we talked about the toxins in your processed foods. Some people have a little bit more tolerance to that than others. And you don't know what your tolerance to those chemicals in those processed foods are. So rather than playing Russian relay with your health, you might as well start slowly but surely eliminating processed foods from your diet and replacing them with the healthy foods. 
Now, I am going to say here before I move on to the rest of the toxins tolerance, which includes a very fascinating study that I came across that really explained a lot of this for me when it came to hair is I offer um, online health promotion programs for women designed specifically to help you with these four pillars of whole body health. So if you are feeling lost and overwhelmed and confused, it's okay. I'm here for you. Please reach out and I will send you the information about my online health programs. And hopefully you find one that's a good fit for you. And if not, there are so many great health professionals in this space offering wonderful programs addressing these issues that, you know, be a savvy consumer, look around, find one that fits your needs and start taking that next step or next steps towards your whole body health because you deserve it. Truly, I do believe it. So let's continue with the toxins tolerance. I found this really fascinating study where researchers actually took women without hair loss and hair thinning with hair loss and hair thinning, and they actually took a piece of their scalp. So they, they took a little piece of the scalp out of their head and analyzed the scalp under microscopes and using many different techniques. I don't know who these women are who volunteered for this study. Thank you so much for your sacrifice uh, of your hair tissue uh, because the findings were super fascinating. What they found is that in the woman with the hair loss, there was much more mini inflammation or micro inflammation. Now, what I want you to understand is that there are certain kinds of hair loss associated with massive inflammation that you get from autoimmune conditions. And that kind of hair loss is results in big patchy areas of hair loss. Like it's called alopecia where like big patches of hair fall out and you get this like shiny hairless patches of skin. This is different from the hair loss and hair thinning we're talking about where you get hair thinning or hair loss around the edges of your scalp, um, just above the ears, which are called the temporal areas, and along the middle of your hair part, down like the center of your skull from the forehead down. That's the kind of hair loss we're talking about. The, the massive inflammation hair loss from autoimmune, that sits in its own category of you know big inflammation. And it's still the four pillars, and you still need to address all those four pillars. It's just that you're going to require much more heroic efforts in order to address those causes, you're going to have to really, really hone in on those four pillars. In the study, though, they took regular run-of-the-mill hair thinning and hair loss women, and these women had signs of inflammation in the scalp. And what's interesting about inflammation is that it's a sign that something is, is irritating the body, and in this case, irritating the scalp. And what's interesting is that inflammation was on the outer part of the scalp tissue. So not on the inside part, but on the outside part, the part that's exposed to the world, to the environment, the part that you can touch with your finger. And what the researchers, um, their thoughts on this, which I agree, is that this was an indication that the irritation was coming from things that were being put on the scalp. So what goes on the scalp? shampoo, conditioner, other hair products like uh, gels and mousses, hairsprays. And uh, for a lot of women, 
it's dyeing our hair. So uh, for example, tomorrow I'm going to go and get my hair highlighted. And what I do is I ask my hairdresser to stay away from the, my scalp with for my highlights. And I do that because I'm aware of the fact that anything that goes on the scalp, and particularly at a hair salon, is going to irritate the skin on my scalp. And that, according to the study, could be a contributing factor to hair loss and hair thinning over time. So I use organic shampoo. I really like the Karina Organics hairline, C-A-R-I-N-A. And what you want to do is you want to make sure that's a very clean line with no uh, funny chemicals like sodium benzoate or phthalates or um, SLS. And oh, there's so many to list that all, rather than telling you to, what to avoid, I'm going to tell you what to look for. And you can use Karina Organics, look them up online and look at their ingredient list and use that as an example when you're shopping for yours, if you, if you can't access something like Karina Organics where you live. And I also use things like castor oil mixed with sesame seed oil to moisturize my scalp and hair rather than using more chemical products, even products that are marketed as oils and hair oils. Unless all it has is the oil, any other thing in like added in, such as a preservative or um, a chemical that makes it smell good, is going to potentially irritate your scalp and contribute contribute negatively to this hair loss, hair thinning problem. So, in summary, in order to reverse and address your hair loss and hair thinning you need to look at these four pillars, the stress response, how can you improve your stress response to what's going on in your life? And sometimes you need to give yourself supplements in order to cope with the stress response. For example, I really am a big believer in taking magnesium supplementation, which really gets your magnesium really gets drained with your stress response. So topping up certain minerals that get drained by your stress response can be so so helpful for hair health, hair health. And next week on my Thrive Thursday episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, one really amazing supplement that I have found has worked wonders for myself and my clients for hair growth. And I can't wait to talk to you about that next week. And it's not magnesium, um, although magnesium is very helpful as well. And the second pillar being the um, Hormone balance, and in this case, it's the stress response and the blood sugar hormone, insulin. So really balancing your blood sugars, very, very key. And my program, Body Wisdom, we do a um, blood sugar monitoring and balancing as a group using things like the traditional finger prick method to measure your blood sugar or the continuous glucose monitor if you don't like pricking your finger every day. And we really hone in on what are the foods for your unique body that do or don't trigger a massive spike in your blood sugar, which is what leads to the problems with your sugar hormone insulin. Then the third pillar, the gut health, making sure that you are eating wholesome foods, avoiding processed and packaged foods, and um, starting to dive into the topic of nurturing 
the health of your gut lining, your digestive power, and your gut microbiome, and following doctors such as myself, who really love to get deep into that topic, that's a whole other uh, realm of conversation that we would need to dive into. And it is definitely the things that we cover in these Thrive Thursday episodes over time. And also they are what we go deep into in my program, such as the Wild Collective, where we do really, really deep understanding of how to repair and reverse the damage to our gut health. And then the fourth pillar, the toxins tolerance. And women are so particularly affected by this pillar because we are the ones who are consuming a lot of these health products, although men now are catching up. Men are using more and more body products and they're running into more and more problems with their health, I believe, as a result. So this is something that also applies to men as well. I have some really amazing uh, questions from um, participants, so I'm going to put them here. First question is, does the firstborn child have thicker hair even as they age to senior citizens in comparison to other siblings? It seems like this in my family of six. She says she got the best of everything because she was born first. That is a really great um, observation and question. So a couple of things about that. When we, um, when we create a child in our womb, we pour our nutrients into that child. So the body will pull nutrients from our body to build this child. And what's interesting is that if you look at traditional cultures, um, looking back into the hunter-gatherers, and this requires us, um, we know this because there are still traditional hunter-gatherer populations on this planet. And if you observe their traditions, they will wait three years between every child because they have learned that it takes about three years for the female body to replenish its nutrients with intentional nutrient replenishing practices such as eating very nutrient-dense foods like um, properly prepared plants and beans and nuts and seeds and the proper amount of protein coming in. So this is a really important take-home message that it is possible that depending how long it, has, it was between the birth of children, it may be that your body was more and more nutrient-depleted between the births of the children and so your health can suffer and there's less nutrients available to the child and to the subsequent children as well. So that's one reason. The other reason is that there are genetic differences and some children, um, they continue to have a full head of hair because that, you know, the, that growth phase, resting phase, uh, regression phase and resting phase, and then the hair fallout um, and then the hair growth. Those phases actually, they tend to have more of the growth phase and less of the falling out phase. So they tend to keep their head of hair um, for longer. So they, they, you know, some kids are born with a full head of hair and then it all falls out and they get that bald phase because it's all synchronously happening together. It's a growth phase to the fallout phase. Whereas some kids, they have like um, much more overlap with those phases. So it looks like they're almost not losing hair. So that's one of the reasons for that too. So that's uh, hopefully that explains a little bit about why your firstborn might have had a different set of hair than the, set, the subsequent children being born. Now, another question. 
So uh, another Facebook user is saying, your research is fascinating. Everything is so interrelated to your four pillars. Thank you. And yes, inflammation does cause imbalance of our homeostasis. Yes, our body balance. That's right. Staying away from chemicals is a challenge. Is going with organics as much as possible the best way? Yes. And there's a caveat to that. So this is the answer. Organics is definitely important. And you have to become a savvy reader of ingredient lists. There is no way to get away from this. Some uh, brands and um, producers will put organics or natural or healthy. They'll put it on their label. and you. But if you read the ingredient list, you will start to notice that there are some not great ingredients in that list. And I was staying over at a friend's house. And I was looking through, I always do this. I look through the ingredient lists of shampoos and conditioners. And I was noticing how the branding, they were very intelligent with the branding, you know, argan oil for hair growth and, you know, all of these beautiful, you know, words. And then you look at the ingredient list and it's just tons of chemicals, even when it said organic on it. So you do have to get a really savvy understanding of how to read ingredient lists, which is why I give the brand. Karina Organics as an example of a good or uh, ingredient list that you're looking for. So I hope that answers your question. Another great question is, does blow drying and curling irons hurt hair growth? That's a great question. So curling iron, um, I'm assuming you're not getting close to the scalp, so that wouldn't hurt your hair growth because the hair growth happens from inside of the scalp. And um, drying your hair if you are drying your scalp, like if you're if you're aiming the heat at your scalp, that could cause an inflammation to the outer portion of your scalp, which just occurred to me as a result of your question. So thank you for your question. So it is possible that blow drying can damage your scalp health if you're aiming high heat directly at the scalp. Curling irons, as long as it's not touching the scalp itself, should not. So great question. Thank you. Um, and then the Facebook user says, oh, that this is the one that asked the question about her first child versus the other children says, wow, that explains it. One child after the other. Yes. And just so you know, this is not about having any regrets. This is about having a greater level of understanding and also being grateful for the fact that you have six beautiful children in your life. And um, I'm so you know, thankful for you bringing wonderful people into this world. So congratulations. Um, here's another great question. What about facial soap? Probably affects scalp too. Do you recommend one? Um, if you're putting it on the face, it wouldn't affect the scalp. And what I would recommend is if you're interested about how I do my skincare routine, um, go into my YouTube channel, Dr. Patricia Mills MD, and go into my skin health playlist. And I have there a bunch of videos that teach you what I do to um, moisturize and cleanse my skin. I use specific oils that I mix myself. And it's very, very relatively affordable and easy to do. And I find that my skin health has just been really, really wonderful as a result. So great, great questions. So thank you, everybody who participated today. I so appreciate your questions and your participation. 
If you're watching this on a replay, please feel free to put your questions in, in the comments. I do my best to monitor them over time and make sure that I answer them. If you found this helpful, please save, share, and subscribe. Sharing is caring and more women and men. So if you're watching this and you're a man and you got some good advice out of this, this was for you too. We need more people on this planet uh, feeling better, being better, feeling amazing so they can really achieve their life's purpose. And I look forward to seeing you again uh, next week. Oh, I have another question from a Facebook user. Also good to check products on the Cause DNA site. Yes, there's a really wonderful uh, website uh, called COS DNA. And what you can do is you can go and type in your ingredient list or even cut and paste the ingredient list. And that's in the ingredient list analyzer, I believe. And it will analyze the toxicity rating of each product for you, which is amazing. I'm getting so many questions. I love it. Here's some more questions. Uh, isn't hair thinning genetic as well? Yes, I addressed the genetic hair thinning at the beginning of my talk. And there is a small percentage of hair thinning that is genetic. Um, and that's the, that is a hundred percent genetic. Sorry, let me explain that a little bit better. So there are some women whose hair thinning, it's completely genetic and there's very little, if anything that they can do to reverse it. The rest of us, about 95% of the cases, it's environmental with a little bit of genetic predisposition. So you may have a genetic predisposition. So the genetics may load the gun, but the environmental factors pull the trigger. And in that case, if you work on the environmental factors, then the genetic piece doesn't get played out. The gun doesn't get pulled. And in this case, you could even pull the bullet back in. So that's what's beautiful about this information. Um, another question here is, does ponytails, hats, etc., affect? Uh, that's a really great question. And I would say that it probably does to a certain extent, because if you take your hair and you pull it really, really tight, that can actually, not only can that pull the hair itself out of its follicles, it can also probably create a little bit of inflammation from that tight tension in the hair follicle. And when you wear hats all the time, um, especially if it's um, decreasing oxygen to the scalp, for example, that can negatively affect it. And also the hair, the scalp, does need a little bit of sunlight. It's like a nutrient. Right. So not a lot of direct sunlight, but a little bit of filtering sunlight. So that morning sunlight, you know, afternoon sunlight can be really helpful. Our whole body really benefits from the right amount of sunlight. So um, it's possible that if you're blocking your hair all the time, your scalp all the time from the sun, it is possible that that would um, decrease your body's ability to grow healthy hair. So I love this. Thank you so much for the wonderful input, ladies. This has been wonderful. And again, uh, if you really love this, please feel free to save, share, and subscribe. And I look forward to seeing you next week uh, where I will be talking about um, this really wonderful supplement that not only works for hair growth, but also works for the nail, the skin, um, and um, the bones, which is kind of amazing. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening, uh, day or night, depending on when you catch this. And I'll see you next time. Bye.
thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. <laughs>